Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. You have been the one. You have been the one for me. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. You have been the one. You have been the one for me. And welcome back to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. We have got James Blunt kicking it off. We've got a new intro kicking it off. It is Ben here again, hosting alongside Christopher Keane. How are you, buddy? Going very well. It's good to be back. And my goodness, has that thing spruced up the little intro? I love it. It is stepped up a notch, much like the production value of this podcast. <laughs> and also joined by Brody Hoddick. How are you, man? Very good, boys. And speaking of spruced up, we've got a very spruced up member of this podcast. He's just tied the knot, ladies and gentlemen. It was a great day for everyone involved on Friday, and he may be known as Lindsay Fox from now on. We'll get to that shortly. <laughs> Thank you, Hoddick. Oh, goodness. What do you think? Uh, firstly, what did you think of the new intro? Was that upbeat and fresh enough? Yeah, no issues from my end. It was, uh, it was as fresh as your voice. So I think you've uh, done a bit of a change up to your intro voice there. Benny Parker, uh, look, any thoughts? I've, some off-season vocal work has definitely been on the cards uh, just to get ready for this big season. But uh, as we as we do fade off that lovely new intro, we started with a bit of James Blunt, Goodbye My Lover. We're going back to our original sort of podcast days where we started with a song, related it to a team. I'm going to throw to you, Keeney. Who do you think, which team do you think the song was relating to? Well... I've got a feeling it could be related to Papa. Um, and just off the back of his eighth round startup pick, Drew Brees retiring. Um, and I notice he's still actually on the roster of Papa's Punishers, which is just will not let go of him. So am I, am I close to the mark there, mate? I like it. I like uh, where you're thinking there, but you're not. So what about you, Hod? Have you got a better guess? I reckon it's much better and much closer to our very own Cheesehead. He may be saying goodbye to his long-lost lover, Aaron Rodgers. There is a bit going on in Wisconsin. Mm. Boys, give us your quick thoughts on that. Firstly, am I right? And secondly, what's going to happen? Another good guess. Not right. There's, there's a lot of people losing their lovers, uh, apparently, <laughs> in the off-season here. But uh, here's some big news and... A lot of drama coming out of Green Bay at the moment. I, I'm i sort of with Matt. I reckon you, we might see him return for just one more season. Yeah, it's uh, either way, it's a touch awkward, isn't it? Um, yeah, you kind of get the feeling it may just be one more because I think I think pretend, like Green Bay's probably got the best roster out there at the minute for him to win a Super Bowl if that's what he wants to do. So um, he's clearly got some issues with the team. So... Well, yeah, it will be interesting. What do you reckon, Hod? Well, Rogers definitely has um, some issues with that GM there. But we, what we can confirm is that there's no love lost in that quarterback room, boys. Ba-dum-tsh. 
<laughs> That's real I'm good. Doing my hey, own, uh, if go, can you pronounce the name of the GM, please? Hod. Uh, do you have the the bleeper? <laughs> no, no, no. Just go for uh, it. Gloves are off this this year. I would say his name is Gudekunst. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There you go, ladies and gents. Couldn't tell Gude if you were pronouncing his name or telling a joke with a drum fill at the back there. Um, I'd say if, if Rogers, just quickly, the last bit, if Rogers does return after this offseason with his tail between his legs, it'll be very reminiscent of, uh, of Maya from our other league when in grade six, he told everyone at the end of term that he was leaving for good. We had a farewell party only to return at the end of the holidays, day one. <laughs> hey, boys, <I'm> <laughs> Sounds very much like Mayha. Absolute scenes. Uh, but the old James Blunt, I will bring it back to our original question. It was, uh, yeah, it's the DFF um, losing his, his lover from all season, old Trevor Lawrence, who will touch on where he could be going at the 101. And if you didn't know, the 101 is not in the hands of the DFF. Sorry to break it to you, DFF. Um, but we'll we'll talk a little bit more on that a bit later. But it's been a while. We it's uh, It's been a longer off-season for us, shall we say, in the podcast game because we didn't even do um, – a preview for the grand final. <laughs> so this is this is sort of every bit of the last season rolled into one here. And we've got um we thought we'll do a quick recap of how the two grand finalists came to be. Um so the first semi-final result was the OJ's legal team scoring 153.52, defeating very close game here, straight cash homies at 151 point nine six hodick give us some of your thoughts on this one well this was um this was the legal team throughout the whole playoffs it was just narrow victory after victory and it definitely wasn't helped by his quarterback room he got a bit unlucky but uh, benny roth with just a six and Derek uh Carr just got the two points as he went off uh, injured early and and Jake already threw in the towel. I remember it vividly. There were excuses. Whilst on the other side, Tim Oss had Ryan Tannehill with 37 and Kyler Murray with 33. So he should have been home. Um, but it was the skill positions that let him down. JD McKissick outscoring mm. Kamara. <laughs> Playoff Lenny tripling Raheem Mostert. And then DK Metcalf um, stunk it up with a six while Hopkins Ridley all over 25. Noah Fant, um, 20.8. Like it's just, it, it didn't make much sense, but neither did the whole playoffs. And I'm sure Papa will agree with me. The second game there in the semifinals was the Bayside Executioners scoring a massive 162.4, but unfortunately going down at the hands of Papa's Punishers, who put up. An extremely impressive 171.06. Keeney, give us some of your thoughts on this game. Yeah, as you said, mate, it was a bit of a cracker, this one. I mean, both both teams were projected for in the 140s, and they both obviously scored 160 and above. Ended up only being an eight-and-a-half-point game in the end. And really, like, there's, there wasn't much default from Scoot's side. He put up kind of his end of the bargain, scoring 162. It was just off the back of... A few uh, a few guys that just got it done for for Papa in the end. Aaron Jones put a, put up a massive twenty three. 
Uh, Marvin Jones put up 22 as well. That was a bit unexpected. Uh, but then he got a lift out of Antonio Brown. So that trade right on the deadline, for, I think it was for a future second rounder uh, to get Antonio Brown in. He put up almost 20 for him, which you could argue got him over the line. And then, um, you know, he obviously got a, got a great result from Kelsey, which he got week in, week out. So um, close game, but um, did enough to get through the final. Very, very impressive. The grand final that came to be uh, was an interesting one. It was another close game. It was one that, if you were watching it live, had a lot of swings in the game. But the inaugural champion of the league goes to the one and only OJ's legal team. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Who did, with 154.34, defeat Papa's Punishes 142.46. Keeney, you had some notes, some takeaways from this one too. Well, yeah, I did. You touched on um, uh, McKissick, old McKissick. He was <laughs> he was Jake's uh, MVP throughout the uh, the playoff series, no doubt about it. Scored, put up another twenty for him in the in the granny. Um, so, end of the day, just to summarise, these two were the five and six seed going in. So. Um, a huge result to come all the way through. Lucky to get both of them are probably lucky to get in, um, but good on them. They got in there. Um, I, I remember the granny specifically a couple of things. I remember Breeze was pretty ordinary, only put up eight for, for Papa, and we're talking about a 10 point ball game here. And the other thing is, I remember Aaron Jones getting injured early in that Green Bay game. It was snowing, and then they brought in the big truck, AJ Dillon. And he just went off and just just stole all Aaron Jones's work, um, and um, that was basically the difference in the end. Um, if AJ, if Aaron Jones was in there instead of AJ Dillon, it might have been a um, might have been a different story. But I know Hod that you were there firsthand to witness Papa's reaction. Um, any any details from that afternoon? <laughs> Well, he got steamrolled by Quadzilla and he had some heavy legs because let me tell you, I left the house. Uh, we were all uh, on a little holiday up on the water and uh, I left a little early. I, I, Papa was getting too up and about and I just wanted my own time over at the pool and he was, I could hear him from 100 metres away. He was carrying on. He's got it sewn up. And then 35 to 40 minutes later, Geez, did he come back a little bit heavy-legged with his tail on the road and he just gets back and there were expletives had every excuse under the sun. Um, you only touched on a few notes there, Keeney, but I'm sure we'll get Papa on at some stage because he has got a list of 30 items about why he lost and why he's so unlucky. <laughs> so it was a pleasure to see in some aspects. Yeah, it was a memory of mine. Keeney and I were uh, watching the games together and was looking very much in Papa's favour until JD McKissick caught a ridiculously long bomb down the field for a touchdown um, that did kind of swing the tide a little bit. But we did get a little quick sound grab for Papa after the game uh, when he he had the game in his grasp and it just slipped away from him and he had this to say. Didn't get that one out, did I? (laughs) No, you did not. Sorry, mate. Um, but we'll swing to <laughs> we'll swing to this year now that we've uh, put 2020 behind us. And congratulations to the OJ's legal team. Um, you look and and we'll quickly just say, look, the the blokes who just missed out on making the final as well 
Timos putting up 186 in the grand final week. Very stiff. Matty Mack just missing out on the semifinals, putting up 174. Could have got him through to the finals. I mean, it's that close when you get to that end of the season. So I'm sure all of these blokes will be looking to reset and get ready for 2021. And speaking of, there's been a lot going on in the offseason in regards to trades. Um, too many for us to really cover just tonight. Um, so, Keeney, start us off with what's the most notable trade that you can think of this offseason so far? Well, this one's a no-brainer. Um, this happened during the playoffs. I remember it quite well. It was an absolute bombshell when it went off. And I didn't think we'd see it, but the San Diego Demons traded Patrick Mahomes, the big dog, to the Park City Lions on this podcast. So we'll get his thoughts in a sec. Um, he traded him for Justin Herbert, his love dog. So obviously a big Chargers fan. Uh, the 103 in the lottery which ended up being pick four um, and the 205 this year as well. So look, from my point of view, on face value, I understand... I think the I think the trade's reasonably fair. Uh, for, from Camo's point of view, he gets a younger version. Um, you know, one year sample size worries me a fraction. I think Herbert did amazing things as things as a rookie, but um, I think we know Mahomes is a superstar and a and a fantasy superstar. I think Herbert will be, but I'm not as certain um, as maybe Camo is. And look, he gets the the 104 in the end and the 205, which is nice compensation on top, but. Ben gets um, a home for the next nine years in that contract. So, Ben, you must be feeling pretty happy about it. Extremely happy, yeah. Um, so, I don't think it's been any secret that from the second that I drafted Justin Herbert, I've had Camo knocking on my door asking what I'd be prepared to give up. I don't think he anticipated the rookie season that he would have. Um, and, yeah, as soon as the season finished, he kept uh, inquiring and inquiring, originally offering Deshaun as the quarterback of trade. And I sort of said, as long, I'll only think about it if Mahomes is in consideration. And I didn't think, I thought that would kind of be it. I thought um, that that's where the conversation would stop. And sure enough, we're sitting down to watch the AFC championship game. And I get a little uh, alert come through that a trade's been offered to me and thought, well, this would be a good time to accept. So pretty happy to have Mahomes on my team this year. I'm excited. What a, what a sliding doors moment that would be. If you if you succumbed and went, you know, Deshaun Watson's a jet. I might actually do it for Deshaun. Wow, yeah, yeah. No, very very different. Uh, would have been a very different trade if that had been the case. And that's, I mean, I mean, any trade you can say, who knows what could happen injury wise to anyone. So I know a few blokes were wishing injuries upon Mahomes the second I pulled the trigger on that trade. But shame on all of you for wishing harm on someone else. How dare you? So, what? Oh, just yeah, go. I was going to say, Hod, can we? What, what are your thoughts on this one? Obviously, to to add a positive for Justin Herbert, obviously we thinks he's going to be a star. But um, you know, the Chargers added Rashawn Slater in the draft. They added another weapon in Josh Palmer. Um, so, what what are your thoughts initially on this? My thoughts initially is I don't know how Ben just got through an explanation without mentioning the tandem with Lamar Jackson. But um, <laughs> I I like the trade for both. I think. Camo probably walks away with more value if you want to add it all up, but adding Mahomes into Ben's squad, obviously with already a strong quarterback room is um, a no brainer. So, um, but what the trend here is, and this will be a segue into my um, notable trade in the off season is Ben has this uncanny ability 
to predict the future. So we, know, we obviously know Deshaun had his question marks, but we didn't know how long this would go out. So the fact that he just said, nope, not Deshaun, who's a top, obviously, five quarterback in his own right. We move on to this trade where Ben called it basically when he pulled the trigger and got rid of James Robinson. He didn't like the fact that he was an undrafted free agent, a new regime coming in. So now with Thais having James Robinson in his running back arsenal, he has pulled the trigger, some say quite early, and offloaded Austin Eckler along with a 2023 second to the very active trader in the San Diego Demons for a 108 and a 2023 first. Now this, this has obviously had some massive repercussions to Matt's squad because the Jags have gone ahead in with this new regime, which Ben may have alluded to happening and drafted Travis Edian with the 25th pick in the first round. And boys talk to me about this coach speak. We love it on this pod to say that their first round investment is only going to be a third round, a third down back, boys. Spare me. What do you think? Well, I, I found the the most stunning piece of that coach speak was the fact that he lumped James Robinson in with Carlos Hyde in that. So James Robinson and Carlos Hyde are both getting a run on first and second down, apparently. Please, absolutely yeah. no chance. I... I get sick of this coach speak. The Philly coach as well is doing it with the QBs there. They've brought Flacco in and said, oh, it's anyone's anyone's go at the QB. They're like, just say who your QB is. Everyone knows. Say who your running back is or say that we're looking towards getting reps in this bloke. Don't don't pump him up. Give James Robinson more fuel in the offseason. Don't try and pump up his tires. I think it's ridiculous. Well, um, what do you think happens with James Robinson here? I mean, we can probably discuss this in further detail in our next podcast, but the fact that he's got two more years left on his deal as an undrafted free agent, um, do we think he is still part of the Jacksonville uh, running running back room this year and beyond? Or what do you think happens? Is he just become you know, a trade-worthy player or a free agent in a couple of years' time? Yeah, I, I, think, I think he'd more than likely moved on um we saw last year with the rookie running backs they typically took over in the second half of the year so i envision um something quite similar they'd still be wise to play him um robinson early on get his value up for another 10 express some interest and then bring in their first render what do you think ben yeah i agree um Value in the first half of the year, Eddie and comes strong on the second half and then they look to trade him off. And I think he still holds value with another team. Um, the only downfall for Thais is he just doesn't get a full season of work out of him, um, which he would have been banking on with this trade. We'll move on to my most notable trade of the off season. And that is the Pappas punishes just getting a little bit itchy on the QB depth on his roster there with old Drusif pulling up stumps at the end of a very illustrious career. And he's gone and settled for Daniel Jones, a 2022 second and a 2023 first uh, and sending Keeney's way. The 111 in this year's draft, a 2022 first, 2022 third and a 2023 second. Basically what this boils down to is that I think Papa was getting very nervous about a lack of depth at QB, possibly thinking that he's not going to get one in the draft. And I think he has 
very cleverly uh, at least gone and got a starter. Now, to me personally, knowing what we know now about how many QBs went in the first round of the actual draft, I reckon there could have been a chance that one of them might have still been there at 111, but that's probably a gamble that I think even uh, Papa would have been uncomfortable trying to make. So at least he's shored up having Tom Brady and uh, uh, Daniel Jones as his QBs this year. Hod? Uh, before we cross to the man who pulled off this trade, uh, I think it's it's gone as well as Papa could have asked for from the time this trade's gone ahead with the Giants putting all their eggs in to helping Daniel Junes mm. with the addition of Golladay, uh, Tony in the first round, and obviously getting Saquon Barkley back. So that's the positive of it all. It's just... I think this is the year for Daniel Jones. If he doesn't perform with this arsenal on the offense, then this could be a one-hit wonder for Papa. Yeah, and that look, that was the motivation behind the trade um, from my end. Um, and it, look, I think it makes sense both parties. This one, it, if you boil it down, it was basically Daniel Jones for a first and a third. Um, which which on the surface I think is pretty fair value. And as you said, they've added a lot of weapons since the trade's gone down. Um, but for me, it was just the tipping point of Daniel Jones's value if he doesn't succeed this year goes a long way down. And if it does, if he does succeed, I'm, I'm not sure it's a heap higher than, than what I sold him for. So we um, that was kind of the motivation around the trade. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Hold on. Hold on. I don't no, know if you heard we got. I don't know if you heard that. There was oh, a breaking up. news notification. A Where notification has just oh. come up, guys. I don't know if you saw this. A trade has actually happened whilst we are talking about trades. Wait. You wouldn't be able to write oh, this on. stuff. And Wait, so I this mean, is the first, first time we've done a podcast in six months. It's almost like they and knew we've had, and they wanted to give us ammunition, but have, it, have one guess who might be involved in this trade. I'll, I'll give you... I'm, uh... I'm going to get in early with this one. It's <laughs> the big San Diego demon himself. It's got to oh, be. Like, the bloke has a serious problem. Yeah, it is. But he has gone and got Noah Fant into his lineup and he's got that off Jake and given Jakey boy Austin Hooper, Ooh. Devin Singletary, the 111 in this year's draft is we were just talking about the 111 in that trade there and yep. the 207 uh, in this year's draft too. So well, initial thoughts, boys, I actually think I like uh, what Jake's done here. What do you think? Uh, my initial thoughts is um, Camo's better half <laughs> must be a very, very happy lady because he has got some awfully triggery fingers but I'll, uh, that's all I'll add on this. I'll uh, go to you there, Keeney. What are your views on this little blockbuster on our episode, well, live episode? Before before I do touch on the actual trade itself, touch. I will um, I will bring here yeah, touch being the operative word. I will um, <laughs> I, I will bring forward a little story from um, someone's wedding on Friday, and that was that Camo did attend that wedding. And uh, he locked his car, he locked his phone in his car so he wouldn't be tempted by any trades after a few sherbets. <laughs> Justin sherbets. And how long into the night were was that car he locked got, for? He got the sweats, I think, at about the two hour mark, and had to go back and get it. <laughs> and that, oh, yeah, oh, that was amazing, amazing scenes. 
Um, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on this one. This is um, obviously fresh off the press here. Um, I agree. It's a nice little haul for, for Jake, but then Camo gets a, you know, a, a young stud tight end um, in a pretty loaded room, really, in Denver. There's a lot of pass-catching options there with, with Colton Sutton coming back. Um, but clearly, he's got a lot of talent athletically. Um, interesting. The interesting part for me here is that with the whole Deshaun Watson thing and, and Camo having really only Herbert and, and Baker to rely on, as you said, as we touched on before, there could be a QB sitting there at 111 for him to reload in that position with Deshaun Watson, and he's traded that away. So obviously, he's feeling pretty comfortable with where he sits from a QB point of view. Um, I'll, I'll jump back to the intro music and go with my correct answer. Boys, has Camo seen the future? If Aaron Rodgers somehow ends up as a Denver Bronco, does the value of Noah Fant just jump up a little bit more? Because that is a nice haul in terms of the draft picks. Austin Hooper will be serviceable. Um, Devin Singletary, not, not sure, maybe a depth piece, but both in maybe a year's time might be a little irrelevant. But just having a thought there that uh, Fant's value could jump up with a quarterback change. I like call. And, and one thing one thing for certain is that there's no doubt in my mind that Camo is chips in for 2021. He has had a look at what Jake received the other night in the little ring and wasn't little actually, and the ring and the helmet. And he said, I want a piece of that. And he's, he's moving chips in to win it this year. Yeah, he's trying to go for the demons, demons double, yeah, if you will. The demon double. <laughs> All I'll right, let's uh, let's move on to a bit of a a bit of an overlook of everyone's team in the upcoming season. Um, you would think with this entire off season that I would have created some drops for all these segments. I just realised I haven't done anything except a new intro. <laughs> but well, as as the as the champ Jake, he gets his one wish for episode one of twenty twenty one. So enjoy it while it lasts, Jakey boy. Fuck him. <laughs> oh, I said it with all due respect. No, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. It sure, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean that. It's in the that. Geneva Convention. Look it up. Yeah, that one will do. Um, yeah. What, what we were thinking of doing here was uh, just quickly going through each division, going through each team. And we know you've all tuned in after a long off season. You want to hear about your teams if they haven't been mentioned already. Uh, and we're just looking at a little bit of watch this space for each team with just some interesting NFL off-season implications, be it through retirements, through trades, through the NFL draft, through rumors going around. Uh, so I'll kick it off with the Sonny Weaver Junior Division and start with none other than the Jim City Stallions. I reckon the watch this space for him, guys, is, uh, well, I reckon there's two here. There's Melvin Gordon for sure. Uh, he was hot off giving shit to Thais about, James Robinson's value taking a hit. And the next day, Melvin Gordon takes a hit when the Broncos <laughs> trade up for Javonta Williams. Um, so I think that he'll still have a bit of value this year. But if Javonta takes off this year, that could be Melvin's days done in Denver. And the other watch this space has to be, we've mentioned him a few times, Aaron Rodgers, that saga continuing there. I don't think that's going to affect Jim an awful lot. If he plays at Green Bay, he'll still be good. If he goes somewhere else, he'll still be good. Um, just more of an interesting uh, thing to keep your eyes on. Uh, mm. uh, Keeney, you're up next. 
Yeah, and also of Melbourne Gordon free agent at the end of the year as well. So Ooh, yeah. another interesting addition to that. Um, I'll go over to the San Diego Demons. Gee whiz, we've talked a lot about him. Um, my interesting takeaway for him um, is clearly Deshaun Watson. I'm a pretty obvious one, but just how that thing plays out. Um, for me, it's interesting. I wonder if he did see the enormity of this situation when he did acquire Baker Mayfield. Now, I've just touched on the fact that he's traded away the 111 which is no guarantee to be a QB there. But um, luckily for him, he grabbed Baker Mayfield because otherwise he'd be awfully skinny at the QB position. Oh, he did do that trade for Baker before all of these allegations came out. And I know at the time, he's, he actually did say to me that it was more thinking around the uncertainty of if he'd do a contract holdout, all that sort of story was going on at the time yeah. he pulled off that trade. So he definitely did uh, get Baker in as a bit of coverage there. Uh, hoping that he wouldn't have to use him, but it's looking a little bit more like he will have but to use him as the season goes on. I think you kind of forget that um, at the start of all this, it was Deshaun Watson saying, I want out of the Texans. Yeah. I don't want to be there. I want to get traded. And that and the back and forth between the Texans saying, no, we're not trading you. And then all this other stuff came out. So, um, yeah, for mine, he probably, he probably needed the backup off the back for, for that sort of stuff. And then all this other stuff's come out and he really needed it. Well, the airtime continues for our, our man Camo because there is, um, it's uncanny irony to me that Deshaun Watson going through what he's going through and old uh, trigger fingers Camo, they've both got a similarity of some slippery fingers in that uh, organization. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll move on though to the DFF. And um, oh, <laughs> apart from the intrigue, uh, around what the DFF will do with picks two and three in our draft in a couple of weeks. There was a little comment made by Urban Meyer. Um, just professed his love for uh, the wide receiver that the Giants took, uh, Kadarius Tony. So he plays a very similar position and is a very similar player to LaVisca Chenault. So I just I don't know what that comment meant in terms of LaVisca's usage or how Urban sees him playing out in their offense this year. Anything on that one, boys? Well, I did. I was pretty happy to hear that a few teams were upset that we took Tony off the board because I heard a few analysts say how much of a reach it was. So that was nice that the Giants got something right for once. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of read, you could read it both ways. You could think that because he didn't get Tony, does that mean Chenault's going to get more of a workout? At least that's how old DFF will spin it anyway. What do you reckon, Keeney? Uh, I think I think it's a little concerning when um, the head coach wants to draft <laughs> potentially a better version of something that's sitting there already. Uh, mm. But look, now that... So so whether they think Lavishka is good enough or not, I don't know. But it is certainly a watch considering how similar they are. Um, and the fact that he would have taken him you know, over ETN in that spot. So if he was there at 25, he... They were looking at taking him there. So um, sliding doors moment again. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that whole regime goes in Jacksonville. Will indeed. And moving to the real Humdingers, one of the Ooh. members of the pod here. I think the watch this space for him has got to be old Julio Hones uh, <laughs> from Atlanta. <laughs> and the rumors that are just circling about the Falcons potentially trading old Julio. Um now, this would be a little bit of a, a double whammy because Hod holds Matt Ryan's stocks there. So you think if they got rid of Julio, that's, I mean, he's got a few weapons going around, but 
it's going to slightly lower his stocks. And then you just don't know the situation that Julio could land in, whether it's going to be more or less positive for him. What do you think, Hod? Uh, oh, there's no doubt I'd want him to stay. I uh, really like what Atlanta's done. They've committed to Ryan for another two years um, on that money and getting Arthur Smith in. I think he's a pretty good offensive mind. Adding Kyle Pitts, that could be one of the best offenses in the league and I'd want Julio to be a part of that. But uh, that's what the segment's called, boys. Watch this space. And look, if he goes to Kansas City, you won't be too upset, will you? <laughs> nah. I wouldn't have thought so. It just depends how the hamstrings go out in the, the Kansas City land. But uh, I will continue on with uh, our very own, the grouse. And watch this space is Jameis Winston. The Saints are yet to announce the starter. And my fortunes in 2021 uh, may rely what I think by my, my fortunes, fortunes. We're, we're, ref- we're referring to the grouse. Uh, may rely on what they decide to do with this space. Ben, before Keeney jumps in, what do you think? I mean, I would, if I was betting on it, I'd bet on Jameis Winston to get the start, but there's no certainty there. Um, there's also nothing to say that if Jameis gets the start early and has some poor decision-making, which he's been known to do in the past, there's nothing to say that old cat bum lips himself, Sean Payton, <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> pull the trigger on moving to Taysom. So... It is an interesting one considering you got rid of Daniel Jones uh, and if it doesn't pan out for you, that's obviously a gamble you took that hasn't worked out in your favour. Yeah, well, obviously, I, I do think he'll get the starting job, but I, I agree there's there's risk there with, A, how he how he plays if he gets the job and, B, he might not get the job. But I also think there's um some really interesting kind of domino effects off the back of if Taysom Hill gets the job and how that affects Michael Thomas, how it affects Alvin Kamara in particular. Um <laughs> So I think it's a it's almost a watch this space for a few different teams as well. Sure is. You're up with the next one as well, Keeney. Yeah, and I'll um great segue. I'll I'll keep going. Um <laughs> look, we've we've touched on on this one. This is probably I think in terms of all the teams, this is this could be one of the bigger ones. And that's uh the Prestige Worldwide, who has I think we can all agree, has a team that's that's built to win in the in the near future. Um, if not now, and just the watch the space around James Robinson um, and what happened with the Jags in the draft taking Travis Etienne. Um, I, I think the whatever way you want to spin it, um, it's just a pretty ordinary re, uh, result for, for J-Rob. So um, a big watch this space in terms of how he actually gets used in the offense and, and whether it is early on in the season before Etienne takes over or, or whether he's a legitimate part, um, part of this running back offense. Yeah, there's a couple of players that uh, in Matt's team that took a little bit of a knock in terms of their stock with that draft, um, but obviously Robinson, probably the biggest one there, but we've spoken a bit about that already. So let's move on to the runner-up, Pappas Punishers. I think the watch this space has to be Aaron Jones. Uh, he got the contract in the off-season, or wasn't the off-season, was it? It was in the lead-up to it, but got his contract and... Uh, that must have left him feeling pretty good about him investing in Aaron Jones. And then all of a sudden this Aaron Rodgers talk comes out and uh, it surely just creates now a little bit of uncertainty and just means that high powered offense could potentially go back a step, which means that Aaron Jones's value could take a knock. What do you reckon? Um, I don't have too much to add on this particular one, but it just shows how quickly things can change for all of our assets, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, whether it's a sookie quarterback. Um, you just don't know when our assets can take a severe hit. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's tough being a bloody GM in this league. I tell you what. <laughs> um, anyway, well, uh, as Kenny loves to do, I'll segue myself here and uh, go to the straight cash homies and the watch this space again. We we there's a trend here. It comes back to the Saints. So um, who wrote most of these? Was it Kenny? <laughs> yeah, well, I think no. I, I think this one's pretty obvious. Yeah, no, you're right. Timos's is, squad. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. A, it's a double-edged sword for Timos. He's got, um, he is obviously the Alvin Kamara owner. And ironically, the straight cash homies would probably hope that Winston is the new quarterback in your lanes because um, if Taysom Hill does get the starting gig, Alvin Kamara's uh, catches dried up severely last season um, as Taysom Hill obviously loves to tuck it and run. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword for Timos. He might get the quarterback play, but he might lose a bit of value with his number one player. Yep, mm. I agree. His, his uh, targets well and truly dried up with Taysom under center. So the old Tucker will uh, will give Kamara a hit there. So although he does get a boost with Taysom, I think it's probably a bigger drop with Kamara. Yeah, and I think, I also think, Again, Tim's in that real win now mode. Like his team's very strong. Um, he needs he needs um, Kamara to be a big part of him, part of his team going forward. I think the other thing is we saw what the Saints did last year. They paid Kamara. Um, I know they paid Taysom Hill, but I think they see Taysom Hill as a more dynamic player that can play different roles. So the fact that they paid Kamara big money suggests that they want to actually utilize his skill set going forward. And I will just quickly add in here that maybe Timos is a little bit nervous about the uh, potential of this happening because he did uh, only a couple of weeks ago offer what he quoted as a mega trade potential for offering Kamara and Evans to me for the 102 and the 10. I can't remember the trade. I didn't give it too much thought, but I thought it was interesting that Kamara was on the table uh, mm. this late into the season. So maybe he's getting a little bit itchy or maybe he just wanted really badly to get into the Trevor sweepstakes at the time um, and was willing to give up a big asset. Who knows? Mm. Double down. Chips in on Taysom and get rid of Alvin. Who knows? Um, I'll, um, I'll keep going here to uh, Ben and the Park City Lions. Um, I think the biggest watch for Ben at the minute is is Carol's son Miles Gaskin. Um, <laughs> many look, many the thought line that well. Miami oh, no, Tiger. Yeah, yeah, it's re- close. Brilliant. Many thought um, Miami were actually going to take one of the big three in the draft uh, before Denver traded up to take Javonta Williams. So um, he did survive that currently. Um, but there was rumblings around Miami were looking to take Williams as well. So. Whether you know that's a sign of things to come um, going forward, you know he currently sits on top of their running back depth chart. Um, but who knows for how long? They've also got Ahmed in there and Malcolm Brown as well, so they've got a few options. So what do you reckon, Hod? How, how long do you think Gaston's is going to last in Miami? Um, I, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. But what what I was going to get confirmation on was I know who does have the answers, and that's Thais because. Confirm or deny, boys, he was pretty upset with uh, Benny Parker here at just how well he is seeing into the future and obviously got a huge break here with Miles Gaskin. But I think Thais, from all reports, was pretty unhappy about it. Yeah, that's that might be the understatement of the year. <laughs> it, had, <laughs> it, had nothing to, 
It had nothing to do with his James Robinson stock at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, also, how exciting to uh, watch this space have you got when Miles Gaskin's the name that's getting thrown hey, That's around. a good thing for you. That means you're locked and loaded. You had a great draft, let's be honest. Speaking well, of big names. Speaking of big names, the sensible haircuts is who we're moving on to here. And the watch this space, boys, I don't know about you, but it's got to be none other than Tim Tebow himself. <laughs> old old tight end Tim, as he's known at the moment. <laughs> he does. Um, yeah, talk that he's going to actually get a contract with the Jags or something ridiculous like that. And who knows? Who knows what will happen there? But in all seriousness, uh, I don't think... Tim Tebow can be the watch this space. It's got to be old Manny's running back stocks and what he might do early on with pick four, I believe he's got five. Pick five in the rookie draft. So he's known to not even give a sniff to a running back. Is he going to go against what he normally does or is he going to give a big FU to the running backs and just double down on a wide receiver or quarterback odd? Well, maybe Manny knows more than we know. And Tim Tebow, he's the ultimate gadget man. He needs a bit of running back help. And who knows? He could just slide into that running back room. Um, yeah, Tim Tebow, bit of a bit of an all-rounder, I think. He could, uh, he he could help could, Manny out there. He, he could be Manny's best running back on his squad right now. Have you looked yeah. at him? And unfortunately, um, unfortunately, he's got dual uh, position... Uh, capabilities, but it's at QB and tight end at the moment. So if you do have any questions on that, just make sure you see Matt um, just to clear that up before you try and play him in the running back position as well. Oh, the dual position works very well in this league. Um, I'll move on to the champ, OJ's legal team, and watch this space. He's he's just uh, going from positive to positive here because if if my watch this space with Julio. Um, does come to fruition, then Calvin Ridley in that offense, uh, he could be in for an absolute monster season. So a um, bit of a positive one there for the inaugural champ in Jake. Any thoughts? Mm. Well, we've already really covered that on that one. So probably hand over to the Bayside executioners. Yep. Um, and the last one, just with uh, Scooter, and we've we've touched on the great Aaron Rodgers a few times in this podcast, but obviously he's the holder of Devonte Adams. I think one of the, obviously one of the top three receivers in dynasty at the moment. So he will be praying that Aaron Rodgers doesn't leave the pack, but interesting. He's had some words today um, around what would happen if, if he did leave. And um, I've got the quote here. He said, it would change a lot. Doesn't mean potentially I'd be gone, but I definitely have to do some extra thinking if my guy wasn't here. So that in itself is some interesting news and definitely a watch this space. Very interesting. They, a few of them might walk out the door with him. That would be, yeah, it'd be pretty big news if they all started to do Huge. that. But um, we'll, we'll finish up here just with a little bit of a recap of what happened a couple of weeks ago when we all attended the Malvern Vale Hotel. We all got together for our live lottery, the first one ever. Six guys in the mix. Actually, not even six because a couple had more than one pick. About four blokes in the mix, wasn't oh. there, that um, yep. had the their eyes wide open, excited with the potential of getting that 101. None, probably more who were excited than the DFF. Um, <laughs> who went into the night with a 
48.52% chance of getting the 101 pick. He was very excited. As those balls were being rolled around in the bingo wheel, he had a glint of Trevor in his eye. He was holding hands with the GM of Prestige Worldwide, just with that hope of having his boy Trevor that he'd tanked all season four. And two balls came out. He was still alive. He had a chance. And then he fucking didn't even get it because I got the 101 pick. <laughs> As the third ball came out. And old Trevor boy, he's coming over to the Park City Lions. He's excited. He's got his uh, jersey made up with the number 16 in gold there. And uh, stiff shit. Steph, you didn't get the 101. You didn't get Trevor. You wasted a whole season four. And I don't give a shit that you had the two and the three. You didn't get Trevor. And I know it hurts your soul. Any thoughts, guys? Well, it's uh, it's very clear why we've had a layoff on the podcast. Ben has been putting in the hard yards to take Dick Mercer's role on Love Song Dedications. And ladies and gentlemen, thankfully, he is not on that program. He is with us. And that was sensational. Keeney. I was gonna, I was gonna say Richard Mercer's just gone rogue at the end there. Wow, he was putting out the vibe, and then, and then told the DFF that he won't be getting any slice of young Trevor and those golden locks. And uh, we we managed to catch up with the DFF last night, and he uh, he's putting on a brave face. It's safe to say, Ben, but um, you can tell the disappointment is. I think the, I think he's more disappointed about actually having to work out who he's going to t- take with his next two picks and actually lock and Trevor in. Well, I don't think he put a single thought in past Trevor Lawrence. So now he has to think of two players, let alone one extra player. But um, now he's trying to play a bit of reverse psychology. It's an interesting, um, an interesting strategy from him. All he kept saying to me was, you won't take Trevor. And that's about all he's got up his sleeve. <laughs> he's got no other say in it. Well, I... Like I know the DFF very well. He's a very generous man with his thoughts and time. I'm sure he would have passed on the three years of scouting reports that he had for Trevor Lawrence to you, Ben. Have you received them at all? They were just a bunch of dick pics. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> uh, Trevor's. <laughs> what to do with it? I don't know whose they were. Of course, long, of course, the lots. irony of, of course, the irony of all of this is um, he. Uh, the DFF was arguably one of the bigger winners on the night, um, turning yeah. that pick six into pick three. So. Currently, the, the order is Ben at pick one, um, Steph, the DFF at pick two and three. Uh, we've got Jimmy Hansen at pick four, Steve Mann at pick five, and then Ben, ben back to you at pick six. So, um, wow, well, there's going to be some interesting options and scenarios that we can all play through. I think we'll get to that in the next episode, but um, a lot of different machinations that can, can go on from Ooh. now until the draft in 10 days' time, boys. You beauty. Machinations, what a way to finish off the pod there, Keeney. Just dropping the old thesaurus on us. Um, yeah, as you said, we we will get back into the swing of things and next week will be our sort of preview of what's coming up in our rookie draft, which is just around the corner, 10 days from now, if you will. Uh, and also with a bit of excitement and build up on each team, what are their potential uh, strengths. We might even throw a survey out to everyone in the league and get everyone's thoughts on everyone else's lists 
we might even uh, pick that apart on next week's pod just to get a bit of audience interaction. Love that. I love that journey for all of us. Um, it's great to be back, boys. I'll tell you what, a lot happening in this podcast. And Camo, if you're listening, mate, we'll organise a trade to drop another one live for next next week's podcast. That was outstanding. <laughs> that was what timing that was. But, boys, I just want to provide a little bit of context. We, we mentioned our very own Chris Keane. He, uh, he did get married on Friday. And we've uh, come up with the nickname of Lindsay Fox because the word semi has uh, been thrown around. And I think there was a, he had a few semis and Lindsay Fox's convoy got a bit of a run on Friday night. <laughs> Can you confirm or deny, Keeney? No comment. Lindsay Fox over and out. Hold oh, on. no. It's, it's a bit hot in here, boys. On that note, podcast over and out. Lindsay. You're a dickhead. <laughs>